This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. This is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante, author of The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. Thank you for joining us for another multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. And perhaps you are watching this on social media, or perhaps you are watching the video on fox26houston.com. Or maybe you're tuning in to one of our original platforms on 90.1 FM KPFT, Houston's community station. I do have to pause here and thank all of our listeners who have supported community radio. And I want to remind you, today's program also is really indicative of the type of community programming that we do because we have access to the airwaves on our terms. So we hope you can budget a donation to 90.1 FM KPFT in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, so we can support this amazing experiment in freedom of speech. To do so, you can go to kpft.org or you can dial 713-526-5738. Today, we're gonna talk about a fantastic program that will get more books into the community that will thrill you, but will also address adult literacy issues. And to me, these are all near and dear to our heart and they all tie into freedom of speech, but we'll, we'll connect all those dots in a little bit right now. I want to thank uh, our guest today, uh, Federico Salas Isnarde. Thank you for joining us today. Federico. Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm very, very happy to be here with you. I appreciate that. We have a lot to talk about, but I want people to get lost. You can participate by attending either one event that we're going to mention or coming to other events throughout the whole series. But the key is to get more books into our community's hands. So one aspect we're going to talk about is the new citywide reading program, One Houston, One Book. But this also ties into Houston's very unique approach to addressing adult literacy, uh, Federico, which ties into your office. So I do want to tell folks that I'm really proud that I get to be a keynote speaker on uh, the 8th of July. It's a Saturday at 11 a.m. But that's just one of many events. Let's talk about the blueprint. Um, because adult literacy is a serious issue here in Houston. Tell us about your, your office. Okay, Tony, uh, the office is the mayor's office for adult literacy. And this office was created by uh, Mayor Turner in 2019. Uh, the reason to create an office dedicated to the problem of low functional literacy among adults is that most of us, normally do not understand how serious the issues of low functional literacy are. One in three adults in Houston, that is 
almost 33% of the adults in Houston uh, function at what is called low levels of functional literacy. They may be able to read and write, for sure. We are not talking about people who are completely illiterate and never learn to read and write. However, what we are talking about is people whose level of comfort with the written word, whose level of comfort with reading and writing is very low. And they cannot, even though they can read, maybe, they cannot read at the level necessary to succeed in the workplace. So that if you look at the future of Houston and you say, oh, great, Houston is becoming such an important economy, uh, a digital economy, or such, it's a, such an important market for health careers. If people cannot read at the level required by those health careers or those technical careers uh, and, and digital technology, then, then they will not be able to get a job. The pandemic also, you know, we're still, we're kind of still in the pandemic. Uh, but a couple of years ago, we were at home. Many of us couldn't go to the office. Many kids were studying at home and not being able to go to school. We all suffered that aspect of the pandemic. What the pandemic made clear is that in Houston, people who have lower levels of literacy were very likely to be the, the ones most likely to be sick, to get sick with the COVID. And that is a problem that we are trying to address. Another issue that we, my office deals with is the fact that <clears throat> for a family to succeed, for children to succeed in school, you have to have parents who are well-educated. Research shows that the most reliable indicator of the success of a child in school is the level of education of their parents or caretakers. And that's why we are concerned when we see 22, I mean, 32% of the population, one in three of, the, of Harris County, performing at lower levels of literacy, we also know that that will impact not only the workforce, it will impact children in school in the next few years, and it will potentially impact our community, our community's um, ability to attract new um, investment. Mayor Turner created the office, and what we do is work with a large network just about 35 literacy providers around the city. Some are very small institutions, maybe with a church, with a community-based group. Some are very large institutions, uh, like for example, Houston Community College or Lone Star College. Those are our partners. We put together, and you can see it behind me, uh, the adult literacy blueprint in Houston with a support of the Houston, the Barbara Bush Houston Literacy Foundation, we created the nation's only strategic plan for adult literacy. We have seven strategic goals that say, okay, we do have a problem perhaps in Houston, but it's a problem that can be solved. It's a problem that can be addressed. And 
to put together this particular uh, document, the Adult Literacy Blueprint, um, we brought together more than 100 partners from around the city to work with us during the pandemic. And we came up with these strategic goals, and now we are trying to implement them with the community. So th that is the overall um, context that I wanted to share with you. Many people don't know the importance of literacy, and many people have a, con uh, a concept of literacy that is a, a little bit outdated. Because again, most people think literacy is to learn to read and write. And it is, but it goes far beyond that. It's also being comfortable, for example, solving problems or doing critical thinking or doing basic math. All of that is part of what is called functional literacy. glad you mentioned the fabric of of your work because that's an important overall goal but i love that you are creating these specific ways for the community to get involved so let, let's talk about two specific items one will be the uh new citywide reading program one houston one book there's going to be events throughout all the libraries and i bring it up for one of two reasons one this is a great way for folks to go to their local library, become familiar. Right. And here's a reason to ask. You can say, hey, I'd like to get involved with this um, with this program. And you can find out what program will take place near to you. There's so many branches. One of those events will take place near you. This is a great way to meet the librarian, to feel at home. And I think that's one issue is folks feeling comfortable talking to these different systems. The other thing I would add, too is that the, the other aspects to this, like you alluded to, is that, yes, folks can do enough to, to get their work done, pay their bills, but here are the costs, the limitations of not having access to more of the power of language. So you mentioned right. Right. Um, folks, they may be intimidated then. They may not be the folks then that will go to the school board meeting uh, they may not be the folks that will write the letter to the editor. Hmm. They may not be the folks then who apply for promotions. Um, and, and all these things affect the Latino community directly Absolutely. in that it could be folks are too humble to say, where do I get help or I need help or, or they don't know where to start. So, so um, I'm really glad that we are one of the few cities that has this blueprint, but I'm really glad that we're doing this. Uh, this event where everyone in Houston will be vibing on one of these four books. But I think you're deputizing folks to say, this is a real chance to get the conversation going, maybe get people into the library. Um, so, so give us a few pointers about this particular program. So there's four books. Uh, one of them is House on Mango Street. So I teach that book. Uh, Sandra Cisneros, a dear friend of the Libre Traficantes of myself. So that's a joyous book. Um, how do you hope that these four books will inspire community involvement with the, with the library? 
Okay, very good question. And I'm very glad to be speaking about this initiative here. One Houston, one book is a big initiative of the Houston Public Library. And it is also a um, legacy for Mayor uh, Sylvester Turner. He wants to engage all of us in reading. What are we reading throughout this initiative? We are reading books with stories of diversity. So the initiative that the public library, uh, and you can see on the screen, the website for the public libraries, One Houston, One Book Initiative. It, the initiative is about reading stories of diversity because we are a diverse city. Now, in the past, there have been other reading initiatives where people come and read, where people uh, engage with books, and then maybe they come together uh, and uh, there is a readathon or an opportunity to discuss a book. Mayor Turner this time said that he wanted to do something more powerful than that. He wanted to very deliberately invite learners who are engaged or um, registered in adult literacy classes. This is the very first time that a reading initiative that aims at engaging the whole city purposefully says, we need to invite also the uh, people who normally don't read. And this is something that is often forgotten. There are people who may be able to read, as I said, they may have even a high school education and they know how to read and write, but they are not in the habit of reading, of grabbing a book, of grabbing a novel and reading it from first page to the last. There are people who don't do that. Through our office, in partnership with the Houston Public Library, what we are doing is precisely targeting those people. Why, Tony? Because our learners, the adult education learners, the adult literacy learners, are the people whose stories need to be told. Yeah. So if we are true to the uh, statement that we this is about diversity and the stories of diversity of Houston, one of the stories that needs to be told is the, sto is the stories of our community. Now, we serve everybody in our uh, 35 providers that work together in what is called the Houston Area Adult Literacy Collective. It's 35 providers working in partnership with my office. And we serve everybody. We serve the Latino community. We serve the African-American community. We serve immigrants. We serve, of course, the Anglo community. But it is very important to understand that the stories of diversity that need to be told are the stories of, um, of our learners, of our adults. We did not want to leave them behind. And that's why I'm excited about this initiative. One Houston, one book is a citywide initiative, but my office is putting together specific uh, events with the help of our literacy providers so that people who do not feel comfortable reading, they can come and read with us. They, can, they don't feel comfortable reading or they are not in the habit of grabbing a novel or a book, uh, but they can do it if 
we support them. If there are teachers who support them, there are tutors, or there is a whole group of people who are interested in reading at the same level. So we decided to add some additional books to that initiative. And that's why um, I'm very, very happy that you're interested in talking to us about it. No, and I'm honored to be involved. Nuestra palabras, thrilled to be involved. Sor de Libre Traficantes. And I want to mention uh, the books, of course, from farm worker to astronaut. A lot of our listeners are familiar with the story of Jose M. Hernandez, who uh, we know was a migrant worker and wound up uh, getting to travel into space. That's one of the books. Um, the other, One of the other books is The Name Jar by Young Suk Choi. Uh, really another wonderful book. Another great book. I'm really glad this is on the on the list. How to be a young anti-racist by one of, uh, you know, our listeners. Uh, we really enjoy his writings. Ibrahim X. Kendi. And then, of course, I have to mention The House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros. And... I do want to point out that this builds on so many different programs, as you mentioned. Of course, um, I was happy to help Lone Star College write a grant that got the Big Read grant a couple years back, and it focused on the house on Mango Street, and we teamed up with the Houston Public Library. We were able to give away many copies of that book. Uh, that same year, the Alley Theater received the Big Read grant for the house on Mango Street as well, passed out many of those books. Uh, I should mention, too, that this year, Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say, is also recipient of the Big Read Grant. We will be focusing on Infinite Country. Gracias. Thank you. By Patricia Engel, who is a uh, Cuban, I'm sorry, um, Colombian-American author. So we'll be giving out about 500 copies of that book later wow. in the year. Fantastic. Thank you. And I mention all that. Why? Because like, like you're mentioning, uh, Federico, we have to build on other campaigns. So what does that password mean now? That's what it means. We're going to share and we'll make sure that uh, you can also disseminate our radio interview with Sandra Cisneros. We want people to That's share it. that. Yeah. Um, for my classes, um, I also wrote uh, discussion questions that happy to share with the students, teachers, community members. And... I want to remind folks what Sandra Cisneros has said. If, if you get the 25th anniversary edition of House on Mango Street, and she said this several times, she said that she wrote the House on Mango Street so that a cab driver or someone with a PhD can enjoy the book and have as a profound experience with the book. And Federico, I think that may be one of these issues that may intimidate our community is that they may feel like they're not experts, but I tell my students and community members as well, you're an expert on our community, more so than some corporate publishing house directors, writers, etc. And your experience is valid. And her book is written in a way that is very straightforward. It doesn't have very complicated sentence structure, poetically beautiful. You can start at any, any time. Um, but I think that's one of the books that you mentioned. 
someone that might be intimidated by thick books or think that literature is not for them, House of Mango Street is really a wonderful way to get them engaged in books and begin a discussion. It could be where a high school student is sharing with the family members. That's right. That, that is how we need to engage the community. The older adults with the young kids, uh, everybody together, families, friends, neighbors, they need to get together. And, and you said it, uh, Tony, the fact is that many people are intimidated, but the books that we selected are books that we selected because either they are written at a lower level of difficulty, so they are easy to grasp, but even though they are easy, they are not children's books. They are books well written with stories that are engaging. And you said they are the, ex the experts. Our community members are the experts on their own stories. They are the experts on what is diverse about Houston. So absolutely, rather than asking some publisher, we are asking the community to get engaged and for example, the, the book that Candy wrote, Candy, of course, as you know, wrote some absolutely magnificent books about racism. This one, How to Be a Young uh, Anti-Racist, is an adaptation of his earlier book so that young people can understand it. If young people can understand it, it is also accessible by people who normally would be intimidated by the difficulty of other texts. This is a text that has been written at a level that um, middle school kids can understand. Because that's the idea, is mm -hmm. to reach people so that they understand what their story is and how their story could be the story that somebody writes about next. You know, mm -hmm. uh, If we are claiming that we are the most diverse city in the nation, Many of our adults, many of our learners have stories that need to be told, need to be shared. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want. We want to, we hope that people will get engaged, that they will be interested enough in these uh, um, stories that they will someday tell their own story. So we started uh, in the middle of May with this initiative, and it goes on through September. But the week of July 4th, and we chose that very specifically, there is a very important date. There will be an activity, and you are going to be there, mm -hmm. reading from uh, House on Mango Street on this Saturday, the Saturday, July 8th, at 11 in the morning at the Houston Public Library main building, the Central Library. Uh, Tony will be reading from this book. And we hope to engage people from all over the city in a discussion about this book. Now, let me say something that I did not say. And that is, as we engage people in reading, if people feel very uncomfortable reading in English, some of the books are also in Spanish. As, as you know, uh, the House on Mango Street is also in Spanish, La Casa, in Mango Street, mm -hmm. and we, my office, bought books both in Spanish and in English. Right. The same thing with the uh, Jose Hernandez's book about becoming an astronaut. That one is a is a uh, bilingual edition, so it has 
both the Spanish and the English. You can get both at the same time when you get that one. So, and uh, the other books uh, are available on an audio. They, they are not translated to Spanish, unfortunately, but they are available in audio. So if you want to tackle a book that is a little bit more complex uh, and it's not in Spanish, at least you can tackle it in the audio. And if nothing else, you will listen to the story. I love it. And you can listen to it on the way to work. It's, it's very powerful that you'll have these events, uh, Independence Day week, because, of course, Nuestra Palabra and the Libertaficantes are all about freedom of speech, intellectual freedom. And I want to remind folks that there are active movements to keep these books out of our people's hands. I document in my book, The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital, the moment when uh, Arizona legislators banned Mexican-American studies curriculums in Arizona. And one of the books that was on the curriculum was The House on Mango Street. Mm -hmm. And um, I say all this because there are folks that want to keep hands, keep the hands of our community off of these books in different ways um, by maybe intimidating them about the book. At the time, the Arizona, Arizona legislators were saying that these books were promoting the overthrow of the government. And for me, I'm about people getting their own versions of history. So right. I'm so glad that Libra Taficantes were able to draw attention to that issue, uh, to the families in Arizona that were fighting that in the court case and that overturned that law. Yeah. But people can read the book and see that the book is very, very wholesome. <laughs> you know, it's about the American dream. There really is nothing in there that talks about the government. And um, I also want to point out that because of the Libra Taficantes activism, I want to give a shout out to the other founders of the Libra Taficantes caravan, um, Liana Lopez, Brian Paras, Lupe Mendez, Laura Torres, uh, and myself. And um, we were able then to organize a caravan to smuggle the books back in Arizona. But we also will share a video where, where Sandra Cisneros reads one of the vignettes from the House mm -hmm. on Mango Street right. there in San Antonio as part of a fundraiser for the Libre Topic on the Caravan. And it's wonderful to get to hear her read it because she puts so much expression into it. But I say all this, one, we cannot take for granted the ability to have access to these books. Maybe I take it for granted too sometimes because oh, I'm surrounded absolutely. by books, you know? I, I take it for granted, Tony. Uh, many of us do, and we shouldn't. And let's be very, uh, very frank here. We are living a moment in which there are forces that don't want you to read. The books are being banned uh, from schools, from universities. There are libraries, public libraries all over the nation that uh, have to face demands that books be banned, demands that books be removed from the shelves. Well, as of now, the Houston Public Library has resisted those demands. That Let, are... Let's pause there. Yes. <laughs> let's pause there. 
because that that is no small task because of the headlines, because right. people are being trained in the censorship culture to to be bothersome about it. So hats off to the Houston Public Library to being fair to everybody. But please continue. I'm glad you pointed it out. Well, thank you, Tony. Absolutely. Hats off to the leadership of the Houston Public Library and the leadership of the city of Houston, because at this moment, it is very important to have leaders who understand the power of the written word, who understand the importance of the freedom to read. Our initiative, uh, our event that you will participate in uh, July 8th at 11 in the morning it is called the freedom to read. It's part of the One Houston, One Book. But that day, because it's Independence Week, we're focusing on the freedom to read. It is very important that we fight for the freedom to read. And that's why we want people engaged. Maybe people are not very comfortable reading. Maybe you are a little bit intimidated and don't want to read in public. That's fine. But grab the book. Go to your neighbors, to your friends. Come to the libraries. Uh, Houston Public Libraries all over the city will have events around these books. The 8th of July, this specific one is the freedom to read, and Tony will read from the house on Mango Street. But the important thing is read, 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 read as much as you can. And what I tell other people and the people I work with is if you see that a book has been banned, go to the store and buy it yeah. and share it with your friends. If this book has been banned, there must be a reason to read it. Mm-hmm. That is a reason to read it. So let's let's fight against that because to a great extent, our future depends on being able to read, read, read all the time. And, and, and I think the other side of this as well is that the the goal is to make it harder for our community to have access to the books. And on the whole, there's a whole other front too where a lot of our youth have been convinced that reading and writing don't matter. And when I'm teaching, I tell them that means that someone that's writing laws and writing contracts doesn't want you to read between the lines. So, you know, it's an even better reason to, to, to pick up uh, reading and writing as a hobby, as, as, the, as something that you love. But you, like we're mentioning, some folks, you know, we, we cannot take this for granted. We want to advocate for home libraries. There's no competition, but um, I, I'll, I'll tell this story before we wrap it up and I will give folks all the information again. Um, one reason I may take books for granted is that in my own home, I have, I have about a thousand books in my home, home library. Uh, we, I didn't have as many books um, in our other house, but I remember when my children were little in kindergarten, some parents came over for a birthday party. You know how parents do, but not you have a birthday party. And when it comes over, it's our turn to grill. And two of the parents, they were, they were a young couple and they were looking at the books and they're like, wow, we've never seen so many books in a house. And it dawned on me that not every child is going to grow up surrounded by books right. for different reasons. So if we have a love for books and we can help others, I think this is a really wonderful way to introduce that tactic to folks and empower them to help others find their way to the joys and power of reading. And I think that's a really great, 
this is that you're firing up to to do to help us with that. Fantastic, Tony. Uh, as Roxana says, we need to make reading cool again and cool for everybody. Uh, whether you have always read like you did, Tony, because you live surrounded by books, or uh, you are a first-time reader, we need to make it cool to read. And we need to be very deliberate defending the right of every citizen, whether young or old, to read the books they want to read. And they are banning books that, unfortunately, are the stories of our immigrants, mm -hmm. are the stories of our minority communities. Those are the books that have been targeted for banning. Those are the books that need to be read because they are the stories of the people in our communities. So if you don't have a thousand books in your home like Tony has, or probably myself, uh, um, then go to the libraries because the libraries will lend books to anyone for free. You just need a library card, but the library card is easy and free to mm -hmm. obtain. And then you can read books from the libraries. So go to the website for the Houston Public Library to find out where we are going to be having activities for um, this One Houston, One Book initiative through September 2023. Or if you're working with adult literacy providers, if you have a teacher, if you have registered in a class, we are going to give you the books in those classes and you're going to be working with your teachers on reading this, these books. Fantastic. And also, I want to remind folks that my folks were, were migrant workers, they did not go to school. So when I was a kid, the only books in the house were my books. And the first three, four, five, I felt that they were so special. And my parents wanted me to embrace education. So if someone is listening right now and they think it's daunting, no, you, you can change history and lives. And Federico, thank you for making that possible. We've been chatting with Federico Salas Isnarde about the wonderful program that we hope you all will be involved in. It is citywide, one Houston, one book. You can visit your local public library to find out which events will take place near you. I hope that you'll join us uh, at the downtown library on the 8th of July at 11 a.m. And any other uh, websites you'd like to give out, Federico, so we can stay in touch and and unite. There is a website above my head right now, the HoustonAdultLiteracy.org. That is a website that shows in a very interactive way the issues of adult literacy that we um, showcase in the uh, Houston Adult Literacy Blueprint. So if you want to understand the blueprint, that HoustonAdultLiteracy.org is the place to go. Or you can reach out to us through our website, which is uh, HoustonTexas.gov, HoustonTX.gov forward slash adult literacy. And that is the website for my office. As we wrap up, I want people to take one fact with them. Um, in the blueprint for tackling adult literacy, one of the statistics that is quoted is that this this issue affects about a million adults in Houston, Texas. And that brings me to our radio show. We are multi-platform, but I love that we're still on KPFT 90.1 FM, which is free radio 
That means you don't have to have a good internet connection. That means you don't have to pay for the services to get it online. That means if you're driving in traffic on Highway 59 and you're tuning into your FM radio because you still have one in your car, you can learn about books. We are the only FM radio show that consistently talks about this issue, and we're happy to partner with everyone to combat it and get more books in the hands of our gente and to defy book bans. So if you're within the sound of our voice, we're turning into Libro Taficante. I want to thank our crew, Rodrigo Bravo Jr., who's our sound engineer. Roxana Guzman is our multi-platform broadcast producer. Mark Anthony Pignon is our graphics designer. Liana Lopez is our coordinator. Mark Sedgwick is our assistant coordinator. And of course, the whole Nuestra Palabra team out there is getting it done at so many facets. If you can donate to KPFT 90.1 FM, your community station, please go to kpft.org or call 713-526-5738. And I look forward to bumping into you and talking about books at one of these events. I'm Tony Desli with Tapicante. Thank you so much for your support. Gracias. Thank you, Tony.